0: So you can turn in your Bibles over to Jeremiah chapter 18. Actually, you want to know, go ahead and put a marker there in Jeremiah 18, okay? We're going to get there in a second. Uh, but you can go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, okay? So uh, we're going to, I'll give you the rundown of the first three I'm going to go to. We're going to do 1 Corinthians 9 right there at the end in verse 27-ish, 26 area. Then we're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 12 for a second, and then we'll go and we'll camp out a little bit in Jeremiah 18, okay? Um, so we're talking about running the race still. Again, man, I would really, hopefully you are uh, going back, and if you aren't staying up to date or you need to refresh on some things, uh, we've really dug out a lot of things uh, when it comes to what, is it at, what does it really mean in, in life. I think, I think when we stop doing that, you know, Christianity gets boring when, when it becomes kind of ritualistic, uh, legalistic, uh, me, you know, we, we, we dabbled in this a little bit, when it becomes about what can I do to get close to God, that can become extremely frustrating and discouraging because we'll always find a reason why you can't be close to God, all right? And, it, and, and so hopefully we've kind of flipped That script a little bit, and we've seen that. Hold on a minute. God's starting point is that right now, Sean Snowden cannot ever in his lifetime be closer to God than he is right this second. All right. Now that may discourage some of you. (laughs) You may go, gosh. So what you're saying is we're far away and we can never get close. And he's saying, no, actually it's the opposite. Is there's a closeness that exists between sean and god and the spirit and the father that is so close there's no measurement that can measure it um and that there it, and th- in fact it's so close god could never go hey i can get a little closer like it, it's impossible to do that okay and so that has to be the starting point because if it's not then we get into which i think all of us probably uh have like chewed on a little bit, is the theology of, God, I really have to do some good things to get close to God. And that's never fulfilling. And that's really, now, unless you're a type A personality, and you can knock out an Excel spreadsheet or something like that, and you're, I'm not really looking directly at you. That was like, (laughs) right. (laughs) And so, uh, that was just awkward that I locked eyes, but it really, Alex stared at me, so I felt like, (laughs) It was good for my soul. But, um, but, but no, I, I think that we have that, and it can, like, make disciples, tired disciples yeah. after a while. Because it's like, God, I just keep pursuing you and running after you, and you just keep, like, you run faster than me. And so I can, I'm, like, trying to catch you, man, you know? Um, instead of the opposite of working from closeness um, and presence of God, right? Um, and so we have in 1 Corinthians 9 here, Paul gives us one of his great illustrations of what our life looks like of running a race okay of uh that that following jesus is like running this race and he says in verse 24 don't you know in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training they do it for a crown that was will last we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So um, So there's an implication in here, okay? Sometimes we've got to like slow down and let these words kind of just like marinate on us, you know, and just kind of like sit there. And he said, run in such a way as to get the prize. Amen. Okay? want you to think about that. The implication of that, Paul's saying, run in a way that you can achieve this that you'll be able to get the prize okay i want you to just think about that turn over to hebrews chapter 12 we're gonna we're gonna connect the dots on this hebrews chapter 12 this other you know the hebrew writer uh wrote a little something about running the race as well that we spent some time in and he says in verse one let's run let us run the race with with perseverance run the race that's marked out for us the implication is is what is there is there one I, I feel like when we when we handle the bible if we're not good at like discerning implication then it is not going to be a very practical thing for us you know and so you're going wow the implication of run the race that's marked out for you can you give me a few that you're thinking of maybe What comes to mind that you go, well, what's implied by that is what? What do you think? Can you think of one? Yeah. Okay, that there is markings, right, that that it is. Okay, what else would you say? There's this implication there. Each of us
1: has a different, like, race.
0: Could be. It, it, It could be. He's saying, okay, hey, there's... Now, the thing about it is, is oftentimes in the bible when you see something singularly this is what's really strange about translating greek to english sometimes singular things or or plural things we translate them singularly and so oftentimes even individual things like you run the race a lot of times he's talking he's talking about yes you all meaning like all of my people run the race marked out for you. it's like congregationally corporately you know a lot of times we get caught up in passages of the idea of like oh man is he talking individually to me and sometimes that's true but oftentimes he's talking corporately like you, is what Jennifer said we don't translate y'all that well like greek <laughs> didn't have good southern translation you know but but when you go back and you read it it's, it's pretty simple you're like oh that's y'all right there okay the greek version <laughs> the, the southern greek folk right there man they're like y'all okay uh, yeah, implication. Um, well, I was thinking
2: when you said the word marker, like that there is a specific race. Like I think when you run a 5K, <laughs> yeah. it's marked out. And if yes. I would go run a race and I didn't follow the markers, then it,
0: it's not going to count for anything. Th- there's boundaries, so, right? There's a very specific race for us to be running, yeah. and we could actually
2: miss it if we don't follow.
0: Yeah. The, the course. So my cousin ran in the Louisville Marathon yesterday. He was he's trying to um, qualify for Boston which I think he did he he, he ran under three hours Uh, so he was doing pretty good yeah yeah he did pretty good so he got up and he went to the course and he ran the designated 26.2 miles what if Sean was like dang that's a great idea the Louisville marathon's awesome and he gets up yesterday morning and he just runs out his door and runs 26.2 miles down the road and he's like dang two and a half hours I'm qualified I'm going to let those people know in Louisville that uh, I just qualified for the Boston Marathon. You know, they've been like, you ran what race? Like you just took off running. All right. And sometimes even the church can look like that. You know, we, we come together only to turn around and go, let me just run as fast as I can in the way that I feel like I want to go. All right. Instead of going, hold on a minute. This is like real stuff right here is there is a race marked out. Okay. What else do you think? This is great. You guys are right on the money. What else is implied by this? Yes. Run with perseverance kind of implies that it's going to be longer, it's to right. take effort. Yeah, right. It's not for the faint of heart, is it? I mean, it really is like, be prepared, all right? Be, be, be prepared that it might be difficult. In fact, it probably will be difficult at times, okay? Um, anything else that you're thinking? Sure. Yeah. There's, there's, there is like a conclusion. All right. What about this? Yeah. Go, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, but I just want to. I, I read this this week in Deuteronomy. This line says, "I will be safe even though I persist in going my own way." Uh, anyway, so right. I just kind of read. That <laughs> they're saying that. Yeah. 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 But I, I think the one that I was thinking originally was that God is not uninvolved in what is ahead of us in our lives. Yes. That God isn't like the choices that are ahead of us, God has a will and a uh, a path ahead of each of each one of us that he has marked. Now, whether we choose to take that or not, but that, I don't know, I, I, that's it's challenging to kind of get my brain wrapped around that because I feel like I've got all these choices and I do, mm-hmm. but God is not uninvolved in the, the, what is ahead of us
0: in mm-hmm. each of our lives. Yeah, so. right. Yeah, absolutely. And so that really is the thing is when you think of, all of this, these are all implied in, in this verse, but also there's a course maker.
1: Hmm.
0: There, there's somebody that said, this is how this race is run. Yeah. Meant to be yeah. This is how it's marked out. Like, there's an authority. All right, there's an authority. That's the implication is, wow, there, there is God and This is where, for us, as we run the race, um, there's a couple of things that can happen. We can can live, which is probably the norm for all of us, which is most of us live life in the realm of what seems right, right, what seems right. I mean, have you ever made a decision for your life and you seem not right? Like if you ever but have you ever really thought about that and you're like, you know, it doesn't seem right to drive that direction on the one-way street? I'm going to do it anyway. You know, you usually do things cuz you're like, no, that seems right. I'm I'm going to go on that side of the road because, you know, all the rest of the traffic's on that side of the road too. That just seems right. You know, <laughs> I'm going to not cross the road, right? here. It doesn't seem right to cross Interstate 85 right now. You know, it just you, like this there's a there's a side of it where Things that seem right are fairly comforting, aren't they? Like when you think of your day, when you think of your, you know, even something as mundane as what you're going to major in, what you're going to do with your life. What, you know, you're like, well, there are certain things that don't matter. It it seems there there are things that seem right. I mean, what are some what are some like, quote unquote, mundane things that you would say that just kind of come along on a weekly basis? And you're just like, we kind of just go with what seems right. Hey, what do you think? Puppy. We need a puppy. It <laughs> seems right. <laughs> Clearly that's ridiculous. You're, you're saying, right? It doesn't seem so right to one of you. It does, yeah, it does, it does seem right. <laughs> right. Do it anyway. Right. It seems right. Okay. What else seems right? When, when y'all, listen, you, you guys who are married, many of you in here are married. Okay. When you, when you were like, this is the person I really like a lot. Seems right that we go out. Did you say that? Hopefully you did. I mean, hopefully you weren't like, that's the worst person in the world I could possibly pick. Cha-ching. <laughs> Take that, mom and dad. <laughs> right. right, right, exactly. You're like, seems right. Right? And, and the thing about it is, I mean, what could go wrong in a dating relationship? Really? I mean, no, I mean, Seriously. Does the choice really matter if you marry the wrong person? Uh, (laughs) Seemed right, though. How many people do you think on the day they're getting a divorce said, you know what? Seemed right. Seemed right. Man, we didn't date hating each other. Seemed right. You know, or or you think of any number of circumstances where we're like, man, that seemed right. Yeah.
1: I just was thinking about me cutting a big hole in the ceiling yeah that. <laughs> cutting the, the joists yeah you know, and hey, seemed
0: right seemed right right <laughs> hey proverbs 12 15 says the way of a fool you know seems right okay i mean that's the thing is, is the way of a fool seems right it's like the last words of every redneck right Seems right. You know, that's that's Duck Dynasty. If you don't watch Duck Dynasty, you need to do that. There's spiritual intonate inclinations and intonations and imbibations in there, too. And all those things. (laughs) But I'm just saying I learned a lot from Duck Dynasty (laughs) theologically. But I'm just saying that's one of the things I learned. Seems right. Boy, that seems right. That seems like a good thing. The God says, well, man, the way of a fool seems right. OK, and so hopefully like the reality is we as we are living our day to day life is going, wow, how often do I live like in the seams versus in. Like something else, and that's what we're going to read about right now and over Jeremiah 18, turn over to Jeremiah chapter 18. This is a section that may it, it, it hopefully will um, cause all of us to kind of stop for a second and, and really think about the implications, and it may, this may scare you, this may make you angry, this may make you rejoice, this may make you whatever, I, I don't know what it's going to do to you. Um, all I know is it's, it's a passage that um, it, it clearly is teaching us how to run our race, how to run the race marked out for us, how to, um, how to live... Uh, truly transformed. I think that's what people mostly get tired of with Christianity, right? I mean, you show up for a long enough time and think, man, I've been sitting in church since I was five years old, and how come nothing's ever changed, right? Um, And so we're going to read this in Jeremiah 18. So uh, you got to love Jesus and God here, actually, okay? If you're looking for Jesus' name, he won't be in Jeremiah. But uh, as God tells this story in verse 1 of Jeremiah 18, He says, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. All right, so a couple of things are fun about this passage, actually. One is, instead of God saying, hey, here's like this paper I want you to go and read, Jeremiah. He's like, go to the potter's house. (laughs) Like, I want you to go and watch this dude work. And I'm going to teach you about me. All right. And you think God stopped doing that today? I don't think he stopped doing that. I, I think there's, I think this, I think we are walking in parables, you know, where there's so many things in life that we can look at and go, wow, that is just like God taught. Boy, that is just like you know, whatever. Man, I was doing this thing at work and it reminded me of this. Or so I went and saw this movie and wow, it was totally not spiritual, but it, ta- it taught about whatever, you know. Yeah. And so it's really fun because this is still happening today. But he says, listen, I want you to look at that potter working the clay. And the potter didn't like what was going on. It was kind of marred and messed up. And so he said, well, I am must start over and I'm going to form something else. And then the potter, God says, isn't it OK for the potter? to do whatever he wants with that clay. What's our answer to that? What would you say, okay? Knowing that he's already revealed the punchline, all right? He says, you, O Israel, are the clay, and I am the potter, all right? How do you feel about that analogy right there, okay? Where God is saying, I'm the potter. You're the clay. What do you think, India?
4: Well, I mean,
0: it depends on what's going on. <laughs> right, <to>. right. <laughs> it's all going right. Yeah. Hey, out nice. Come on, Mr. Potter. Right. I'm not sure I like it. Yeah. Th- that's very well said. It's like circumstantial. It's like, what are you going to make me into? <laughs> you going to make me into something awesome? <laughs> then amen. You're the potter on the clay. Right, but when it's not, you're kind of like, "Hey, what's going on here?"
3: I I lo- I really like it. It gives me hope because when I <laughs> yes I, when I think about me as clay, I think of myself as marred. Mm-hmm. Like I've, there are times in my life, yeah. I'm like, "Am I defective? What's wrong What's wrong with me?" There are things there are things in my life that I feel like really need rebuilding or Mm -hmm. repairing or Mm -hmm. restoring. Like when Jesus took the guy's hand that was withered from birth Mm -hmm. and restored Restored it. it. And I feel like, wow, I need need God to do that in my life. And I could list out some real areas. So the idea of God being able to restore me or repair me or reshape me Mm -hmm. from the way sin kind of jacked up my life or the way I jacked up my life gives me a lot of hope, actually. I like it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What else comes to mind? Oh, I was
2: say, when you said, like, he could just completely, like, redo it, like, I could think, oh, he's, like, constantly just, like, you know, shape me in certain ways, but he's, like, oh, I don't like this, and just completely just Whoa. start over. And it's, like, is he going to, like, completely start over, like, you know, send me circumstances so that's completely just, like, wow. reshape my world and mm-hmm. just, like, change everything I ever thought was yeah. normal and how I thought it was shaping me? That is
0: so good. Okay. That is so good because... That's exactly what he's saying right there. He's going, if I want to, like, I can just go, no, I'm going to lump you back and form you. Okay. How scary is that? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because here's for me, I have a plan of how I want things to go. Do you have a plan on how you want life to go? You have children, you want all your kids to grow up and have zero issues, right? You you guys did not pray for Caitlin to get a dislocated elbow last week. You did not go, Lord, <laughs> let our daughter be in pain, right? But the potter was like, This is going to happen to Caitlin. Okay? And you're going, okay, I kind of like it when it's good, but like, you mean, okay, well. Uh, You may have a plan, like my plan was to work in professional sports as an athletic trainer. Um, God literally was like, no, I'm starting completely new, okay? It's great that you spent all that money on your education. It's great that you spent all that time being an athletic trainer. That chapter is over, all right? And uh, and, and I'm going to start again. Right? Scary.
1: You know, I was really thinking about Jonah and how he was reacting to God working yeah. in, in uh, those people's lives. I forget what nation it was. but yes, the, uh, You know, the enemies of God's people and how he was willing to reshape them, you know, if they repented and yeah. all that stuff. And yeah. it's really funny how, like, I can be like Jonah, where I can get a bad attitude about people who are like, well, why is God working in their life like that? And he's not reshaping me like that, or yeah. he's not giving yeah. me that. Oh, yeah, he
5: is. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, <you> right? <laughs> know,
1: but that's, I don't know. I, yeah. I just, the that made me think about
0: that. Stuff. So this is a simple topic, actually, to, for us to overthink. Yeah. Instead of going, what we just read was an eternal truth. Like, there's no changing it. Like, it doesn't matter even if we like it. Like, Dave's like, I love it. Lauren's kind of like, oh, I don't know. I wish they would have shared that with me a couple months ago. You know, um, you know it's right. You're like, sucker, you know. Uh, but it's that idea of uh, you're going, I don't know. Either way, how we feel about it, this is an eternal truth. All right? And so partially what I think is really, really great is Hopefully it does feel like this makes me nervous. Mm -hmm. That's an okay thing. That doesn't mean you're faithless. Okay, that's really important to keep in mind. Being scared and being nervous and being unsure and even thinking like, I don't know if I want to even go along with that. Does not mean you're unfaithful. Okay, at all. All right, is there's this wrestling match. And one of the great things we see about God is God is like, I'm going to give you time work through this it's not like hey I told you you got 30 seconds before you're off the island okay (laughs) it's the idea of man God is patient and merciful and all these things but that eternal truth of I am the potter you are the clay and and Ryan what are you thinking
5: well I was thinking that um, my cousin I mean my my sister-in-law is a potter and the clay that so if there's impurity in the clay it causes it to be misshapen and you can't be can't be fired and you know shaped correctly and so I think for me it's like what kind of impurities do I have in my life what inconsistencies are there you know and like trying to be consistent in my yeah. in my walk with god has been yeah. very challenging for me yeah. and uh, just because not only mental health issues, but just like, you know, my addictive past and things yeah. like that. Sorry. Throw me for a loop sometimes. <clears throat> I go up and down and I'm not consistent. And, you know, I feel like God is, you know, constantly trying to reshape me. And sometimes he won't, he won't just like completely like throw away the, the pot or just like turn it back into a lump, but he'll try to sit there and like work on it. Yes. And yeah. if, you know, I, I, and if I'm just like unyielding. Yeah. Then he will eventually, you know, and that scares me because, like, what will God do to yeah. get my attention? Yeah. You know saying, well, sure. what I'm saying? Sure. Like, how does psychologically, like, I know that we're clay, but like, how does that work? Like, yeah. Psychologically, what does God do to get you back into a soft, malleable shape yeah.
0: yeah. that, <laughs> that you can work with? Yes. And, so. And, <laughs> Really well said, by the way. I mean that really is good. I think it comes back to even what, what Ben was saying just a second ago is a lot of times we can read the Bible and say, okay, God's clearly working in their life. But in the story of Jonah, he was he was the potter to both people, to both groups. Jonah was getting molded and the Assyrians were getting molded. Okay. And and it's really interesting because you, you look at Jonah and you're like, I don't want to be like Jonah. Like, Jonah's life was hard. The Assyrians were like, how'd they get away with all that? Yeah. <laughs> like, they were just like, sackcloth and ashes. And God's like, okay, you're good. And you're like, what? <laughs> what's up with that? That's not even fair, okay? <laughs> um, and and it, this is what this causes us to do, because I think we have to start out with a truth that God really is telling us this story because it's true. And, there's, and as we run the race, if we don't, like, understand this, the race is going to be so painful. It's going to be like we're running the race like Jonah, mm-hmm. right? That's like, this is what seems right to me. No, 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 no. Assyrians can't hear the gospel because it seems right to me to run away. It seems right to me to do this. It seems right to me to do that. And it's painful and agonizing, and he got a bad sunburn, <laughs> and he got eaten by a fish, and he got all these things. And so to Ryan's point, it's like, well, what's God really willing to do? He had a dude eaten by a fish. (laughs) Fish ate him. (laughs) You know, I mean, you got to think about that. All right. And then barfed him up on a beach somewhere, which could not have been pleasant. Okay, (laughs) You know, you're sitting in like, you know, the acid remains of fish belly. Okay, Yeah. I mean, you know. And so you're going, well, what will God do? And I think it. Causes us, Like, I want to take us a couple steps because as we run the race, like we've got to stop. And that's kind of where we we've got to go and figure this out is, is he the potter and am I the clay? Like, has that been the reality of life? OK, um, one of the things that God says quite often in the Old Testament, he says that my people have stopped inquiring of me. Okay. He doesn't say they've stopped praying to him. All right. See, because there's a difference. I can talk to God and I can be the potter and he can be the clay. Now, think of that illustration. Could you imagine? He says, go to the potter's house and check out that clay, like molding the potter. Be like, really? That's ridiculous. That's crazy. That shouldn't happen. That doesn't happen. There's no potter's house you can go to where the clay has the potter spinning around on the wheel, okay? It doesn't happen that way, all right? And so there's, there's that reality of he doesn't say, you stop praying to me. Because the people were praying to him, but they were, they were the potter. God, here's what my life needs to be. God, here's what, as I look through my journal about what I pray about and all that kind of stuff, I oftentimes pray like the potter. God, here's the way I want my life to be. I want to rewrite my life, God. I don't want the sad things and the hard things and the bad things. And I don't want all those things happening. All right. And in the future, I want none of those things to happen again. And so please let that be your will. And God says no. All right. I, 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 there's a really a great movie I saw this weekend. Doctor Strange, yes. saw that. It's worth seeing. I became a better Christian watching that movie. I, I left there. I felt like a better Christian. Okay. And this doctor, and he's begging this like ancient healer to like teach him the ways. And she takes him through all of why she is so powerful and all of why she's the answer to what he needs. And he's like, "Teach me." And she goes, "No." <laughs> And kicks him out. And you're like, what? What are you doing? You know, and, and I think that we pray and pray and pray and, and we're the potter and we have to understand something. If our thing is, God, you need to do it my way. God is just going to be like, I'm sorry, no, because I know exactly what's needed. Amen. I know exactly. And so there's that idea of embracing things that are uncomfortable. Hebrews, turn over to Hebrews 12. We're going to look at verse seven. Okay. Because I do think there's the, there's the um, you know, the, the otherworldly experience of being in a church, which is like, well, in a church, everything that happens is perfect and great. And, and, you know, your church, if everything isn't perfect and great, there's something obviously wrong. And it's the same in your life as an individual. If it's not perfect and great, something's wrong. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with you. That's exactly right, huh? It's that idea of, man, every, we, we buy into a false theology oftentimes where, like, unless everything is going my way, God clearly isn't with me, all right? And we've got to, again, go back and go, hold on a minute. That's not true. Hebrews 12, 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. What son isn't disciplined by his father? If you aren't disciplined, then you're an illegitimate child and not a true son. Moreover, we've had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, Amen. that he, we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant, but painful later on. It produces a harvestness, a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It doesn't just automatically produce a harvest of righteousness and peace. It's the idea of seeing trials differently, hardship differently. Not God isn't with me, but God is with me. Not God is angry at me. God is like, no, I want you to share more of me. Like there's more, it's it's missing. In fact, there's hardship that I know you've got to go to because I know that when you're trained by that hardship, there's going to be this harvest in your life of peace. Can you imagine what a harvest of peace looks like? Like a harvest of peace and righteousness. Like you're like, wow. And he says later on, that's to David's point of God going, "Do, do you believe I'm the potter? that is outside of time? Like, like, the future doesn't scare me. The future doesn't catch me off guard. The future doesn't, like, I don't know what's going on. I'm walking this with you. He's like, no, absolutely not. In fact, in fact, can you believe that the potter has examined every avenue me and you could possibly ever take and every choice we would make in every situation? Can you imagine that? You're going, well, that's impossible. It's absolutely not impossible if you're God. (laughs) That he has examined every way and choice you could make in every infinite situation and every choice you would make in those situations, and he knows this is what they need to share my holiness. When we think of God that way, does it make you feel differently about maybe hardship? Maybe about who the potter is. What does it make you think differently about? Like, what, what what changes when we think of it that way? What changes in your mind about just not even hardship, but just about how to live life, how to run the race? And you're going, oh, you mean the guy that put the markers out? The guy that, like, had the way the race is supposed to be? run? You mean that guy has gone through the infinitesimal number of, like, decisions and actions and Circumstances I could ever or will ever go through, and He knows exactly what needs to happen for me to share in His holiness. How does that change your race? For me, I think about it kind
5: of like with Naya. She, she's like we're in a stage that she hates to take medicine, yeah. even though she's in pain. Mm-hmm. And so, I think about just like the discipline and the hardship. Like you know what I'm going through right now, like going out to Texas, being there for 12 days. And what I'm learning through that is that I need a lot of maturing to go on in my life. Mm. And uh, because when I'm away from the body, it's been very difficult for me to like just have that same level of integrity or same level of um, just that spirit of like knowing that my purpose is the same there as it is here. My purpose That's doesn't right. change. No but it feels different yes. when I'm there. And so I have to get over that feeling and like break through that wall Amen. of what I'm feeling because like it's unpleasant. Yeah. And so I think about the unpleasant and just like being out there working 12 hour days and coming back, staying in a camper at night, that's mm-hmm. about, you know, 10 by eight, you know, and living in those conditions and thinking about that as, like, God is trying to, like, just really temper me and get me to where I need to be so that I can be the same all Amen. the time and Amen. be consistent, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's, uh, for yeah. going back to the you know medicine, like, it's unpleasant to take some of these medicines that we take, but it's it really, like, it's yeah. super helpful. We know that we were taking the medicine, yeah. it's going to be horrible, but... Yeah. You know, it's the mindset going into it that, yeah. you know, I'm going to drink it because, you know, I know it's going to produce amazing results in my life or yeah. it health.
0: So, know, so part, part of our, piece. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So part of our starting point, I think practically is how big is God to us? Yeah. And I don't mean just like even in magnitude, but from the standpoint of, you know, it, to, to ponder, this is where we kind of have to sit and think through of like, for instance, like what Ryan shared is, Do I believe that God is so smart, so intelligent, so all knowing, so all outside of time, so, you know, that he actually knew every single path Ryan could possibly take and every decision on every path and every combination of those things. And he said "The what he needs is that 10 by 8 trailer to share in my holiness. You know, when you think about it like that, you're going, oh, dang. Okay. All right. You know, now, now how, how difficult it is seems to be up to me and you. Okay. It seems to be up to me and you. Okay. So you don't don't have to go back there, but in Jeremiah 18, if you're thinking like, what does it matter at all? If he's the potter and I'm the clay, like what, what does it matter? I mean, he's just going to like do something and I don't have any choice and I'm just going to kind of get stuck in doing what he wants me to do. And that's it. All right? Except the story he tells in Jeremiah 18 that he continues to tell um, is that the clay, how it diverts in this story, is uh, the clay actually is alive. Okay? And he said, if I'm forming something, like I'm a potter and I'm forming something, and I realize I'm making this and it's just going to be junk. And then that clay, he says, chooses to turn and repent I will then form it into something else he actually does something different than other potters do with their clay he like goes oh no this clay is like like the 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 response of this clay is different I'm I'm not just gonna go and get rid this is changing how I how I form this clay but he said maybe you're the clay that's all beautiful and perfect you know and I'm just informing you. And you think, ah, oh, I'm, I'm good forever. It doesn't matter what I do. And all of a sudden you start like turning from what the potter wants. He said, well, I'll turn too. And, and I'll make you to perish. He said this is, uh, Jeremiah 18. 18. Yeah, you can read that whole chapter there. But he says this. He says he does honor this repentance, but also this, this, this commitment to living the way the potter has determined. I want you to keep in mind also this isn't an external forming. Remember one of the things that God says is, is this is what's inside of me and you is what comes out. And, uh, this is him going, hold on, man, and let me, let me smooth this. And run. And, and there's going to be some things that happen and they're not going to like it because I'm going to squeeze them in the areas because that's what's going to make them beautiful. That's what's going to make them like people are going to go, wow, who was the potter that did that? Like you, you didn't look that way when you were a lump of clay. Like, you have been transformed. Who did that to you? Okay? So, we've got to have this, as we're running a race, these eternal truths. God is the potter and not me. Like, I interact with God as I'm the clay. Like, listen, whatever you want to do, you want to turn me into a turkey right now, you go right ahead and turn me into a turkey. All right? Whatever you want to do, I don't care what happens, you have the right to do it. Okay? The second thing is, is... Is as Ben brought up. Is um, am I going to be like Jonah, or am I going to be like the Assyrians? Like, am I going to go? Okay, I don't like this. For me, though, I'm going to learn. I'm going to be trained by this. I'm going. How do I get trained? Okay, you're the potter. Like you're training me. I don't like it. And it just, there's things and circumstances in my life that make me angry and that make me i don't i don't want it this way i wanted my life to be that way and i was going to be married by this time and have kids by this time and everything was going to be great and i was going to own a house and i was going to have this beautiful tree in my front yard and all of that is not happening now right And the swing and the white picket fence and all this stuff and ah it's not happening right and going hold on a minute god has seen everything Thing, I, any way I could possibly and he's saying this is exactly where I need to be to be trained to share in his holiness to have a harvest of peace and so the better question is, is God what are you training in me like what should I learn here the Assyrians were like we got it <laughs> we're in sin and God's like okay you got it no more okay Jonah's like ah you know and just fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and that's when we get bitter right it's just that idea of like faithless Right. We just get like, I'm going to life sucks. You know, what really happened is, is it didn't even get bad till I started going to church. That's when life got bad, you know, at that point, you know, and and we just kind of like get into that. And so we have to remember something really important here. Or it does become this overbearing, like running the race with an overbearing master. I want you to turn over to John chapter three. OK. And this is something I would bet almost none of us ever spend time meditating on. When, you, when I was growing up, when Ryan was growing up, and maybe even when Brent was a kid, you know, you'd see a sporting event on TV, and people would hold up Bible verses on cards. And it wasn't verses. It was a verse. Could you imagine going to the game and you're like, hey... I'm putting this Bible verse on so when the NBC camera comes by me, I'm going to just proclaim the gospel here, okay And that verse was what? John 3:16, okay And so what's happened over time is that almost everybody in the evangelical world now has decided, hold on a minute, that's not about how you get saved. The, the, the was God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that all who believed in him would have eternal life and that became the plan of salvation from like the crusades of Billy Sunday and Billy Graham and all these guys that was the plan of salvation that's all that mattered and then as people started going hold on a minute all these people are like quote-unquote believing and they still live as bad a life as anyone else like something's not right here and so there's like this shift away from that but in shifting, we forget how amazing this passage is. And this makes a difference because if the potter isn't God, we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. We're in big trouble. John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Is that the potter you think of? Because a lot of times I think most of us could probably identify areas in our life where we've become the potter. We've dictated the terms. We've become the standard of righteousness because I do it. Therefore, God says it's okay. All right. Instead of going, no, 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 no. But does your potter. When you think of the gospel, the good news, is your potter one that's going, I love this clay so much, I'm not even, I will sacrifice my perfect son for this clay. That makes a difference, right? Yeah. Because then what does it like draw out of us? When if if let's say you're the clay and you're spinning around, and the potter is like just pleading with, like, I love you so much. Like, I, what I want to form you into is something so beautiful and so, like, nothing you could ever do on your own. Like, that's what I, I want to make it so, like, I want to be so gentle and so sensitive about the perfection of every part of you. Now, I'm going to get to work on you, okay? All right? Would that make a difference if you heard those words? Right? Is that, and, and, and so that's the question. What What Dave just brought up is, the question every day for us is: how much do I trust the potter? Do I am I trusting God that you have me where you want me? You have me, you have me in the family you wanted me in. You have me in the place you want me in. You have me among people you want me with. Alright? Um, d- how much do I trust when it seems one way, but God is saying something else? How much do you go, okay, God, no, 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 no. I want so badly, you know, to do it a different way. How much do you trust the potter? Amen. And if there's a trust issue going, wow, if my potter is this God in John 3. You do whatever you want to me, however you think is best. Like I don't even know me that well. If you think I got to go through this right now to share in your holiness, you're right, and I'm not right. You're right, and I'm wrong. Help me put people around me. It's okay to inquire that way and to pray that way. Is God? I just this is so hard for me. I'm going to need a lot of people like helping me through this. But I'm going to do that. I'm committed to doing this. The other question, and, and these are questions, these I've just been writing down. I think for me, I've been reacquainting myself. I think as I've gotten older as a Christian, it's like all the hard stuff was asked of you as you studied the Bible, and then when you became older, we've all somehow like justified not being that way. You know, like I, I brought up, I think Wednesday or last Sunday or something about, you know, we always use the verse like seek God first. You know, if you're studying the Bible, you should seek God first. But very rarely have I used it in my life since then. Like where I've gone like, hold on a minute. What would the potter have me do? Or, or more current terminology in the New Testament, what would the king say to me? Jesus says my king, like, would he tell me to say this, love like this, forgive like this, do this, treat this person? How would the king tell me to treat this person? Like, we boil it down to rules sometimes. Like we're like, oh, no, no, it has to be rules. I've like got to have dating rules. We've got to have clothing rules. We've got to have all these things instead of going, hold on a minute. What if I train myself to ask the question like, well, what would Jesus actually want me to wear today? What would Jesus actually want me to do in a dating relationship? What would Jesus actually want me to do with my child? Like, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Like, I don't know. There's a way that seems right to me. But it's not my way. It's I want your way. Like you mold me into this. Okay, and he's given us his word and he says this word is living and active. That's why we you know, you're like, have a quiet time every day. Well, okay, that just became like this legalistic form of doing things. But what if you were like, no, I'm inquiring of the potter every day in his word is living and active. So I know there's going to be answers in it. Why would I ever not read that? Why would I ever stop that? Right. Is is he the potter? Is he my king? Am I asking those questions like, okay, how much do I really trust you? Am I inquiring of you or have I, like, swapped roles? And as I live, like, training my mind, what does the king tell me to do? Okay. Th- those, are, those are just questions to be trained in. I've got to train it. I've got to retrain it back into my mind to do better at this. Um, I- I've got to retrain it. When I, the more emotional and the more feelings I have, the less I'm apt to, like, go and really think about what the king said. I think more about what I seem, what seems right to me. And so as we, that, that's what we're looking at as we run the race. Um, am I running a race where I'm determining everything? I'm demanding everything. I'm, hmm. I'm, I'm wanting Jesus to, like, save me and be my Lord and stuff, except I'm only going to be okay if you do it the way I, I want you to do it. And reacquainting ourselves with that. What are any any last thoughts you have? Anything that you're thinking, you know? Um, because I think this this verse in John 3 is a jump off point for us for communion. Okay? Because it is re-centering our minds on it is scary, kind of like what what uh Yariel was saying, <laughs> it's scary to think about this like God like, really? Uh you <laughs> my life could be totally like Turned upside down or, or whatever. Um, yes. But if this is the potter.
3: Yeah. Amen.
0: Man, let it happen. Amen. That doesn't mean it's not going to be scary. But like, yes, I, this is the guy I want molding me. Amen. All right. Watch me do clay work. Oh, my goodness. That is not a piece of, uh, of, of, of clay you would want in your house. You're like, what is that, right? right. Impressionistic, right?
1: Yeah, I, the, I think just thinking more about the visual of the potter and the clay, and just considering how you know, it says the clay was marred in the potter's hand, and just how the potter was, you know, I'm sure, pushing the clay several times trying right. to try So, um, I, I just, the visual there um, and the word use in, in, in um, Jeremiah about how the clay was marred yeah. in, in the potter's hand, and just thinking about what
0: that, mm-hmm. what that would look like, um, yeah. I think yeah, very helpful. Isn't that a great illustration? I mean, you think, what a cool story yeah. for that.
1: You know, I'm, I've been thinking about this and thinking a lot about what Brett talked about last week with the mm-hmm. way that we compare ourselves, mm-hmm. how we compare things, and then reading in Matthew about, uh, you know, the owner of a vineyard going out and and hiring these people. And some people got hired and they agreed to yeah. to work for a certain thing. And then he's hiring people throughout the day, throughout the day. And even the people that only got hired into work an hour before the end of the day got paid the same. And how uh, with this being, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I feel like I just have a lot of thoughts about, you know, Man, God's working in my life different than other people's lives and mm-hmm. trying to compare myself and what I've got to what they've got and and I can just get I feel like that's something I can get caught up in. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, well God's doing all this stuff in their life and you know, how come I've only got the same thing as you but I've been working all day, you know, and <laughs> and just allowing God to be generous the way that he's generous Amen. and form people the way he wants to form people mm-hmm. and I, I don't know I yeah it's, it's very encouraging but also very challenging because yeah. I think the way I see I mean that's what I've got to go on is mm-hmm. like the stuff that I can see in front of my face and yeah you know so
0: we do we we are similar to Peter in John 21 when Peter was like chilling out with Jesus and he's walking and he's like you can kind of see John like following them for some reason, you know, like at a distance, like what, why is Jesus hanging out with Peter and not me kind of thing? You know, I have this little thing and, 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 and Peter going, Jesus, what about him? And Jesus, like, if I want him to live for like ever, that's for me to decide, you know? And so a lot of this challenges like our deep, like we talked about arrogance, like it really challenges that part of us. That's like, no, you don't know better than me. No, you don't know better than me because why are you letting David be a doctor and you're letting me, like, go and do something else? I want to be that. I want to, you know, and you're, you know, Sean's like, I'm working in the ambulance and David gets to go work in the operating room. What's up with that? (laughs) You know, like, dang, man, you know, and it's, we can go, but these are very superficial things. But the thing about it is, is it comes down to God saying, dude, do you trust me? (laughs) That if I had you doing something else, you wouldn't share in my holiness. You wouldn't have a choice. You wouldn't have a chance. Like, this is your chance to share in my holiness, right? And so that's the hard part is going, am I going to, like, surrender and trust enough to be like, God, this is what you made me to be? Yeah.
1: It really really is a mindset change to to go from. Kind of what I was talking about this morning is having a gratitude for what God's doing in my life and being able to get to a point where I can rejoice when other people are rejoicing. Absolutely. It's uh, huge, huh? And get to that place because I'm surrendered enough to what He's doing in my own life.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. This is huge. Great, great point, India.
4: Yeah. A little bit because you know I'm, what I'm what I'm having to to see about myself is that and and a lot of the decisions I made you know I I play I pray to God retrograde if that's the right word yeah. <laughs> instead of saying you know is this right it's like okay well this is what I've decided to do God make it happen right you know that's like right. kind of my mode of, mm-hmm. of, of um, operating and and so it's very humbling um to to i mean you know to see that arrogance in me um and um it's it's definitely giving me a lot to think about mm-hmm. and um yeah just the choices that i made in my yeah. life and and what what need to be the, the steps because I'll, I'll, i have it i have it backwards
0: you mm-hmm. know yeah we all do i mean that's that's kind of the thing you know and Thankfully, again, the words should resonate with us. God loved the world so much. It wasn't like God was so frustrated with the world that he grudgingly did this. You know, so that's a, that because you're right. We're all kind of like, oh, dang, man, you know. Kind of going on that,
2: um, that we all like are in our nature, have that backwards. But when we are being trained by, mm-hmm. by God and by this and, you know, you have points in your life um, I do, we all do, that we have very clearly seen, like, oh, my goodness, when, when it's done this way, when we do it God's way, how we,
0: right. we have seen that hardness at peace, and, felt, you know, and yes. at so many different points, and some are, you know,
2: stand out more than others, but, um, and so, I think that's what I think of when I'm going through something, when hard things happen, when hardships happen, when things happen that, you know, or don't happen that you want... To be um, looking back on those times that we have had that harvest and remembering, and that's what helps me move forward. I guess to Hmm. you know to be able to um, just remember in this time, in this moment, looking back. Okay, God did that then; He's not done. This is a moment in time,
0: and um,
2: just to be able to
0: Mm remind it. Yeah. So I'll give you a quote from Doctor Strange. That this was a a spiritual thing for me. This movie. (laughs) Uh, so this is, this is one of the things that I think is really, uh, again, uh, the ancient one, right? The all-knowing uh, master uh, says to Dr. Strange, uh, she says, Arrogance and fear still keep you from learning the simplest and most significant lesson of all. And Dr. Strange says, well, what, what is it? And the ancient one says that it's not about you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's one of those encouraging parts of the gospel, too, is, is that the formation of us by God is not so that we will have like everything perfect and live this individualistically perfect life, but it's this idea of, of God is forming and creating us because our children, neighbors, friends, family, it, God's building this and saying, because when it looks like this, the next group sees it, or these people are going to see that and turn to me and see what I have formed, right? So it's not just about us. Yeah. It's about God's greater plan, right? I mean, that's one of those really important things to remember that this isn't just about, you know, me and you prospering. Yeah. Getting to a place where everything is just perfect here on earth. <laughs> um, and we've talked before about, you know, this is, this is the fodder and the food of a of radical decisions and and i know for years oftentimes it was easy to make radical decisions just to be radical you know just like i'm gonna do this and everybody celebrated it It wasn't even necessarily inquired of all the time but it was just celebrated because it was radical but when we're inquiring of the potter he may ask us to do radical things okay he may ask us to radically change the course of our life All right, this is the fodder of making those decisions.